and I believe we have a heckler, ladies and gentlemen. Uh. Yeah, with some Mike Heckler, the put downer, the roast beefer. What? Yo, you supposed to be a rapper? Whatever possessed you? You couldn't pass lip syncing as MF Restroom. Check your head, dude. Who are you? Subtract rock? You stupider than calling yourself the white black dot. I'm not kidding you. Here's a better name I'm giving you. How about MC Search for something else to listen to? If I close my eyes and had to give it a guess, you could be in the death squad if they were literally deaf. That's true, huh? You don't have a clue, cuz, do you? You're not guru. You're a review of the love guru. Scar removal face. Yeah, I get snarky. You're sadder than Bismarcky without his Barbies. For real. Where'd you get those explosive flows? Must have studied Curtis Blow. Ziz no. You're old school I'm talking kind of like audio too, dude If the two stood for doo-doo How do I unsubscribe from knowing you are alive? You're the funky four plus one Minus five guy You're T-I-R-E-D Don't walk this way, run away from me, DMC Ice Cube, a Gooding Jr., a bad actor No chance at all, the rapper When it comes to bars, you lowered the bar, son You remind me of Exhibit, a failed art one More confusing than Aesop Rock on acid is You're ludicrous the adjective, trick or treat daddy, 50 no sense, little brother-in-law, Pokemon common sense, booty camp low, I know you mean best, but you ain't Jean Grey, you're barely a Jean vest, yes, I got a million, not lying son, you sound just like the game, the crying one, the way you mush melt syllables through the speaker, I was worried Chip Fu was having a seizure, you're, I think he might be seriously ill, Bill, deadbeat daddy Kane, roaring over the hill, Andre Zero, a questionable method man, Art of Official flavor flav, just a second, damn. People hear you and leave, when will you learn? You're not you got from Wu-Tang, you're you turn oh, Hamburger bun B, good grief. Do a mic drop so we can breathe a sigh of relief. My least favorite producer on the mic. Why you rhyming, G? You trying to be not a real diamond D? Clearly, hieroglyphics are your heroes. You made this is how we chill from 93-year-olds. You ain't run the jewels, you're running scared. Your people I genuinely believe live under stairs. Uglier duckling, not fooling me. Jehu the amateur dropped out of school ED Not getting action Bronson, no advances Sage as in the culinary herb Francis A closed freeway, routine tedium Spice none, chino medium Low salt and pepper, bone thugs in misery You kidding me? You're not that busy B3's company flow, you stop making me laugh You whack delicious, re-gift a gab Who made your beats? Need ID? You're the no more of this B.I.G. A drive nobody called bus Rhymes, woo ha! You think you're Nas? No, you nah. The R is in retired seniors resident, and your DJ's Eric B for not my president. Ha! More like the booyah based god. You little Wayne Newton, ASAP sucky. You like old thug, kid frosting. Your group's two dead crew. You rap like Bone Crusher's armpit. You're awkward, Rick. You're LL, that's not cool, Jay. <laughs> what? The Mike Heckela. Heck out of here. <laughs> Live from the center of the earth got really really terrible star trek toys yeah. so it wasn't until like way later it wasn't until like next generation that they got star trek toys right. yeah but at the same time like gene ronberry himself was just like hanging on the floor there's only like 50 of them at the convention right <laughs> so you, you get to hang out with him and he's I like know. i know 
So it's like one of those things, right? Would there be a, a perfect time or an ideal time for you to like go back in time and like get into fandom? Would it be the 50s, 60s, 70s? I mean, I would love to go back and just live all of the 80s now. Yeah. Like at the age I am now, but go into the 80s and just take it all in because mm -hmm. that to this day, I feel like it was just the creativity was rampant in and there were just people were breaking rules from, you know, the stuff like Transformers and stuff was just coming out and, mm -hmm. and, and comics and cartoons. No one really knew what they could do or what they couldn't do. And there, yeah. there had been a ban on advertising like cartoons were like selling a toy via mm -hmm. cartoon series was considered, you know, you yeah. weren't allowed to do that until mm -hmm. the 80s. And that's why we never saw stuff like Scooby-Doo as toys, because that was pre this law. Anyways, mm -hmm. I guess, are we on? Are we rolling? Yeah, because that was this interesting. Is yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I also, part of it too is like going back to the 80s is that moment, that pivotal moment when you go see Transformers the movie for the first time and then Optimus dies. Because <sighs> yeah. that never, like... That had never happened before, the way that G.I. Joe and Transformers were. They were shooting all the time, and there's robots and, like, weapons and things, Weather Dominator. There's all these yeah, things yeah, happening, yeah, yeah. right? And then it's all fine by the credits. Yeah. And then this one, the movie finishes, and the credits roll. Nobody went back in time. Nobody, like, f he, he did? Like, we're doing this? <laughs> like, you can't recover emotionally. Like, we became men. That was our bar mitzvah. It was. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that Transformers movie. I think it changed a lot of people's lives. Mm. And there's, like, arcades. Like, I'd love to go to, like, actual crazy 80s arcades yeah. when they were clean. I feel by the time I got to go to any arcades, they were all, like, dirty and on their last legs. Yeah, but that's then what they you got revitalized. Want, <laughs> like, remember on Young Street, there used to be so many. There was a huge arcade yeah. there. I think now it's, like, a 7-Eleven or, mm -hmm. like, a... Uh, yeah, right a, across from where Sam H Mart or something now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know. Those were the good old days. Yeah, I mean, it's funny when you see those old school photos of like Young Street with all the oh, neon signs yeah. and uh, records and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, yo, that deserved a pimp war. Oh, man. Yes. Well, you had Sam the Record Man. You had, I mean, Platy Record was there. I used mm -hmm. to get my, my records there early. You know, I got all my vinyl there in the 90s and just mailing away because I was in. Halifax yeah. where I grew up but like most of my family was in Toronto so all my cousins were here so I'd visit all the time and always go to play D and got like Socrates and a lot of really dope Toronto hip-hop records from play D record and they're still you know they're still kicking it for mm -hmm. sure but that Young Street walk was uh, yeah. was pretty crazy and there was a Toys R Us on Young Street people forget about that mm -hmm. it seems like and like the HMV the big HMV yeah, yeah now, now we're just down at Zanzibar it's crazy it's crazy <laughs> We can reminisce all day. Yes. Let's fast forward to the future. Uh, yo, and welcome to my summer lair. I'm your host, Sam Yunin. And uh, I've been talking uh, with my friend, uh, the word burglar, uh, Bergy SJ. Bonjour tout le monde. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> le grand pantalon. I don't have any more. <laughs> le grand pantalon. <laughs> Hello. Any. Hey, what's up, yeah. y'all? Um, it's great to be here, man. Yeah. You have a lot of uh, kind of cool like nicknames and stuff like that, I guess, right? Like Bergy SJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my name's Sean Jordan, and so uh, growing up, all my friends, everybody just called me SJ, and then mm. I developed uh, the word burglar, became my uh, my rap code name after I went through many others. I mean, my first rap name was SJ Jazzy Jordan. Oh, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't. Oh, I was man. in like grade five. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't, we didn't know <laughs> And I listened to a lot of DJ Jazzy Jeff and the yeah. Fresh Prince, and, and then it evolved from there. Um, I briefly toyed with going as Dandruff. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I was that white flake making MC scratch their heads. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you would have been no, head and shoulders no. above everyone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that was just kind of playing around. Yeah. And then, yeah, the word burglar name, yeah, it's been people shorten it, the Berg, Bergy. Mm-hmm. So whatever, call me whatever you want except yeah. late for dinner. You know? Oh, yeah, no, yeah. never late for dinner. <laughs> this is Because that's a tradition in rap music as well. Like, I mean, like Kanye infamously has like Yeezy and Ye and other nicknames and stuff like that. Do you change your personality with each like nickname, or are you huh. consistent across the the board? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm SJ, and then like Word Burglar definitely sometimes can be like can take on a bit more of a uh, a braggadocious uh, persona or character. But there, are, you know, every it's all just sort of different sides of my personality and mm-hmm. different songs depending on the song. You know, some of my some of my tracks are more chill. Yeah. Some are definitely like get more hype and in your face. And uh, I do like to take on sort of different characters. Like if I'm you know doing tracks that are more like a story or or some type of personification of something. So. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, Berg, Bergy, word burglar, SJ, it's, it's all me, man. And it's sort of like the Clark Kent Superman thing, right? <laughs> which one is which, right? Like, and is that like when you were taking the name like word burglar? Once you settle on, uh, I didn't mind the uh, dandruff. I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> but once you took the uh, the word burglar, did you ever see it that way as like kind of like your secret identity or like you were trying to like word burglar is like the superhero and that's the gear and you put the gear on and you go and you fight crime battle weak MCs. Yeah, uh, well, Word Burglar, it's funny, you know, my first, when I was first starting, I was really, like, when I was first starting as Word Burglar, I'd mm-hmm. been rapping for years before, and I was in a group with a bunch of my friends, like, in junior high and high school, and then Word Burglar, when I did adopt that name, it basically came out of, I started doing a song, and the song was called Word Burglar, and then people started like that song got played on college radio and like other kids knew it and people started to know this song and they knew me as word burglar and not sj mm-hmm. and i introduced i'd be like hey i'm sj i'm like oh yeah and i'm like i'm rapping I'm like okay we well, you done anything got any songs oh i did this song word burglar oh you're word burglar <laughs> yeah. and so people knew me from that so mm-hmm. that's when it was like oh the that name it, it sticks and it does really sum up what i do because it is you know a lot of comic book influence mm-hmm. and i mean i'm a big wu-tang clan fan and wu-tang yeah. always combined you know, obviously the martial arts films, but with comic books as well. Mm-hmm. And rap has always had that similarity to comics with people with, you know, you do have your secret identity. But, yeah, long story short, I mean, <laughs> my first couple shows, I wore burglar costumes. Yeah, I remember I, those. Yeah. That was some of those. Dude, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that was like years and years ago. But that was, I just really wanted to give audiences, you know, you're just starting out. You're trying new things. I'm like, how can I make this show really engaging for people Mm -hmm. and like Wu-Tang used to come out in like ninja gear you know yeah and uh so I came out in the burglar costume a few times and then it eventually just sort of faded away because you know I want people to listen to the music and not just be staring at a guy in a Halloween costume (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean I'm like no the songs are good too yeah um but yeah I mean I, I always keep saying I might revisit it from time to time just for something fun yeah kick it old school yeah so you brought some treats for me. That's really nice. I appreciate that. Of course. That. So, of course. Uh, well, I know you got the album already. So yeah, the album, of course, is uh, "Rhyme Your Business." It's been out for a few months now, and um, this is you brought some comic books. So yeah, let's see what we got here. Ooh, paper route. The last paper route. Yeah. Nice. I've been reading uh, Brian K. Vaughn's Paper Girls. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Paper Girl's great. Brian mm-hmm. K. Vaughn is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I will say that my comic that I do with my pals mm-hmm. Dave Howlett and Alex Kennedy yeah. is, uh, in my opinion, the best comic about a paper route ever. Yeah. Because Paper Girls is dope. It's not about a paper route. Yes. This is about a paper route. Yes. The last paper route. And yeah, it's inspired by my time. I'm a retired paper boy. Oh, yes. And <laughs> yes. Didn't you have a video too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my early rap videos, The Root. Uh, shout out my buddy Mark Palermo. Yeah. Uh, we made that video. Um, yeah, but I, I was a paper boy. That's how I bought a lot of my comic books mm-hmm. and records back in the day because I had money from delivering the news in. Uh, downtown to to people who needed it right this is fantastic man thank you well it's they're yours yeah. it's the first four issues wow. we're uh yeah we're working on number five yeah and it's just independent comic published yeah. in canada uh yeah with two of my best friends thank you and you're welcome man enjoy it it's all ages mm-hmm. so you know and it's decent tell some kids it is decent <laughs> yeah decent comics oh, yes so yeah decent comics was the name of our uh Alex and I were making comics together when we were like in grade eight mm-hmm. and we just uh, we used to make these comics and we called them slaughterhouse comics because we were in junior high yeah. and we we're like it was all inspired by like Lobo and like <laughs> Terminator and like really violent yeah. you know media that we were consuming back then. Uh, and then we got offered to do some comics for a kids magazine and they were like, but it's all ages it's for kids and i think one of the people was in shock when they saw one of our yeah. comics like <laughs> yeah. razor ramon ripping someone's yeah. arm off or something yeah. so we're like no no we'll make them decent yeah and uh, less slaughter more house exactly yes. so that's where decent comics came from and Thank we've you, used man. that uh moniker ever since no it's You're good welcome it's a uh, perfect time for it. it's winter time so it's good to just like make some tea what is on your pull list these days what is making you go ooh? Yeah, for comics. Well, uh, I just picked up the newest issue of Batman. I'm reading Tom King's Batman. Mm-hmm. Really enjoying that run. Yeah. Uh, That's a giant saga. It seems like he's weaving. Totally. Yeah. So it's uh, it's in the 60s right now. I think he said he's committed to 100 issues. So okay. I'm curious to see where that goes. I like he's introduced some new characters like Master Bruce, mm-hmm. and there's some interesting stuff he's doing with Bruce or uh, with Bane right now. Mm-hmm. Oblivion song I'm reading by Robert Kirkman because mm-hmm. I really loved Invincible and that series just ended. Uh, well, I guess it ended over a year ago now. Yeah. But uh, so he started doing Oblivion song. I love uh, a lot of stuff Jeff Lemire does. You know, fellow Canadian. Anything uh, he's putting out has just been fantastic. I like Stray Bullets a lot. Still mm-hmm. read that. I'm really loving the GoBots comic by Tom oh, Scioli. Yeah, yeah, he does the whole thing. I read the first issue. Yeah, it's so fun. Mm-hmm. And GoBots are that's like a old toy brand for anyone listening who doesn't know. That's yeah. like I could kind of take or leave the GoBots. That's why I felt yeah. when I picked up the issue, and I was like, I couldn't even remember some of their names. Even like Transformers, obviously, I know the movies and stuff been around, but like Transformers were our basic DNA, right? Yeah. But I was like, what, is, what was the story of the GoBots again? And where did they come from? And like, I couldn't remember. Like, GoBots are basically, if you look at them, you can probably guess what their name is. Like, mm-hmm. the motorcycle guy's name is Psykill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the helicopter guy is Coptor. Mm-hmm. So you gotta, uh, there's something really endearing about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way Tom Scioli's handling it, I, I was reading an interview with him, and he's, it's a dream project for mm-hmm. him. So that's that's been a lot of fun. I love Doomsday Clock too. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that one I'm I'm enjoying it, but I don't know where it fits in with everything. You know what I'm mm-hmm, saying? Like, mm-hmm. where's the punchline? There's a punchline coming. Yeah, and it's gonna be like something like because that's also gonna I think have some sort of impact on the three Jokers. 
Oh yeah, all yeah. Right. So that's when I see when it spins out into all these other subplots within the DCU. Mm-hmm. For our comic book readers yeah. uh, listening, it, you know, I, I wish it would just all stay within this series. So yeah. I, I kind of like. I thought that's how Doomsday Clock was going to be, but. I'm sure there were, will be ramifications. <laughs> there was ramifications. There's well, always a ramification. There's always a ramification. There's a new song for you too, man. Just ramifications. There's all ramifications. <laughs> Mad ramifications. <laughs> there you go. That's gold right there. But it's the thing too, because Jeff Johns, who writes Doomsday Clock, he's always been kind of like the DC janitor. Like he cleans up a lot of continuity yeah. and like, and so that's what I think Doomsday Clock is going. But I think also Three Jokers is going that way as well, where like. There's a lot of weird stuff with the Joker where we, is he Jack Napier, is he not Jack? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I think he's like, it's time to get the old broom out and just kind of clean this mess mm-hmm. up. And then like, yeah, Jack. somebody else messes it up. I know. Well, I mean, that's it, right? I mean, you, you really just have to read the comics that speak to you and every, you know, every fan and every, everybody's going to have a different favorite something. There's mm-hmm. just so many different from... Batman or Flash or yeah. Superman, Spider-Man, whatever. There's so many different eras and stories and characters now, too. I mean, there's like... <laughs> I know. There's literally all those characters I just named. There's like 20 versions of yes, all of them. Yes, I know. <laughs> there's like two Flash, two Wally Wests and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got Spider-Gwen. Yeah. You got everybody, you know. There's so much going on. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it's actually a great time to be a comic book fan because yeah. you've got all the great stuff that came before and then it seems like every book now that's coming out is really of a certain quality because it can't the the books can't stick around if they're not good right yeah. like there's just not uh there's no room for crappy books like they just won't last I find now one of the things that's really funny or weird to say out loud is when I talk with my friends about comics I'm like, did you read Action Comics number 1006? (laughs) (laughs) We never ever used a number that high before. So it stands out. It's exciting, yeah. Yeah, right? I'm like, yeah. I know. I wish, like, Spider-Man kept the numbering, right? Yeah. Because it'd be at, like, in the 900s. Yeah, it's closing on there. And Detective Comics is also closing it on there as well. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it is a cool time, like you said, to be alive and to be reading comics. You just wrapped up the uh, Canadian World Super Tour. I did. Uh, right across Canada. When you're going across Canada like that, are you visiting different comic book stores as well and checking out different... How did you know? (laughs) (laughs) You know me too well, Sammy. (laughs) Well, I'm leading up to something because it's like... When you because you get a great opportunity because you get to go on tour and you get to see all these different stores. A lot yeah. of people just kind of go to one or two stores like in your hometown or maybe we'll go to St. Catharines or something right down the road. But when you go to a, a comic book store, what is like for you? What is a good comic book store experience? What are you looking for? That's a great question. Uh, yeah, and first of all, I planned the entire tour around <laughs> cities that had comic shops. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, and it's funny. Like, I'd be on tour with somebody else. And I'm like, oh, we just gotta stop in this comic shop. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was with Timbuktu, and we were like in Kingston. We yeah. went out of our way to find a comic shop. What I look for in a shop is. I mean, a big thing because I am, I worked in comic shops, Strange mm-hmm. Adventures in Halifax and Silver Snail in Toronto. Represent. Represent. And I spent a lot of, like, a good chunk of my life, really almost half my life working in comic shops. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. And the other half reading them. Yeah, really. So. I, I really appreciate it when staff are helpful yeah. and they're friendly and 
approach you and can talk and obviously when they're knowledgeable mm -hmm. uh, and you don't have to know everything because nobody knows everything about comics there's just too much out there yeah but you can really tell within stepping into a comic shop I think within the first like minute or two you know if it's going to be a good shop or not mm -hmm. when you're the staff are friendly when they've got a great variety when there's stuff you've never seen before and really when comics are presented at the forefront everybody's got pop vinyls everybody's yeah. got Marvel Legends figures or statues or bus and that stuff's all cool it's great but I, you go to a comic shop I want to see comics I want to see single issues mm -hmm. I want to see a great selection of collections mm -hmm. have some back issues have you know some rare stuff on the wall like yeah. I, I want to be wowed I want to see artwork celebrated and the stories and the creators really just you know there and and welcoming and and honestly uh, that's that's a big thing, a welcoming environment for people who don't know anything about comics. You and I are at yeah. home if we walk into a comic shop, mm -hmm. but you bring someone in who might just have a passing yeah. knowledge or interest, or maybe they played a video game or saw a movie mm -hmm. based on a comic book, and they want to get into it. Yeah. Having it be accessible to new people, I think that's so key. And when it's welcoming, and especially for all people, have it accessible so people can easily get into it. Have it open-minded for people so that if you, you know, I don't want to go somewhere where if you're not like a 40-year-old male yeah, super yeah. snob, yeah. you know. The comic book guy on Simpsons. Yeah, you want to just have it for everybody. Comics mm -hmm. are for everybody. And it was, it's such a stupid and cliched thing to even have to say. Yeah. But that's, that's how it should be. Yeah. And I think a lot of those old shops that are closed-minded and closed off to new people, I mean, they're dinosaurs and they're mm -hmm. dying off. And we're yeah. seeing that. So the shops that are surviving are are the great ones that are doing stuff like that and and have a community built around them. And yeah. I want to shout out Sidekick because I was just at Sidekick. Yeah. If you're in Toronto, what an amazing shop. Right. Yeah. Great shop. They've mm -hmm. got coffee. Great. Pl you can lounge out and just chill. Mm -hmm. All the staff there are incredible. Yeah. Super knowledgeable, and they've always got great recommendations right up front. So that's a free plug for Sidekick mm -hmm. uh, Comics. No, no, they do a good job. Yeah. So. Queen East, Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. The one I was kind of sad recently was uh, Meltdown Comics in L.A. Yeah, that's a heartbreaker. Yeah. Have you ever visited that one? Mm -mm. I know many people who have shopped there, yeah. and unfortunately, I, I never got the chance. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, is just as these things go, like, make sure you always go, because this was one of the more iconic stores where Nerdist and uh, Chris Hardwick and all those guys started out there, and uh, they would record the podcast there. And uh, Meltdown also in the back room, they had a decent sized room. And there was a lot of stand-up comedy mm -hmm. and nerd yeah. kind of stuff, and nerd events and signings. And it was a giant store too. So, and it's like in LA, so it's like they had all this talent kind of flowing yeah. through it. There is a great one just in for California shops, Isotope in San Francisco. I've mm -hmm. been there, and that's yeah. fantastic. And they do events and stuff there mm -hmm. as well. And there's so many great shops around the country and, and this, all over the world. So mm -hmm. it's, it's great. Like I when I was in Paris, I went to a comic shop. Yeah, there, it was like anywhere. You know, I'm going to Japan next week. I'm definitely going to try Yo. and hunt down some comic yeah. shops. So when you go to places like uh, Paris and Japan and stuff like that, because they have, there's so much stuff that's out there that mm -hmm. we don't even write about. So how do you know, kind of, are you just kind of like hoping the staff kind of points you? Are you just going to look at the title or image and grab something? Yeah, it's funny. When I was in Paris, it was before Snowpiercer had come out. And that was like the number one selling comic yeah. in uh, in Paris. Mm -hmm. Bef and it was like right up there. It was like their equivalent of Walking Dead at the time. Yeah. And so when that, so I kind of got a heads up on that. I was like, oh, that's cool. I don't know. I just kind of go in and just see what catches my eye and mm -hmm. see what's new and exciting. And, um, 
yeah, you do see like it, Europe is such an incredible place for comic art because they've always respected it. I think more North America definitely like respects it now, but it was always for a long time was looked upon as just like that's kid stuff. Yeah, I think Europe was a country that really embraced comics as just as real artwork. Mm-hmm. So that's why so many artists you see like heavy metal magazine yeah. used to always showcase a lot of stuff, but. Yeah, I could talk about comics forever. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Let's go back to the album because that's technically why you're here. Hey, this is I'm having a blast. <laughs> yeah, guys. I hope uh, your listeners are. Uh, yeah, are no, I'm it. sure they're digging it. Sure, sure. As I said, the the latest album is "Rhyme Your Business." We'll keep with the nostalgia theme because you do have one of the tracks on there, uh, "Rental Patient." Mm-hmm. And this is, of course, celebrating renting videos and the video rentals and all those old school. Again, maybe for people who don't even know this experience. Yeah, you ever rent a movie, man? Yeah. No, I've rented a movie, but I know some people, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's weird when I talk to, like, younger kids, like, even, like, 8, 10 years old. It's like they barely see commercials. Yeah. Right? Commercials is, like, still, like, a regular thing for us. But it's, like, for a kid, it's, like, they're just so in this Netflix world. Yeah, they don't have to. They... You've got the internet. You can see, watch anything, and it's amazing. It, you know, there's so so many great things about the internet, but there's also the things that I miss. Mm-hmm. Like I actually do miss. I, you, I never thought I would have said it, but I I realized a few years ago. I'm like, I miss going to a video store. Mm-hmm. You know, like definitely as a kid after school, that was a big thing because yeah. obviously we didn't have a a pants computer that you could yeah. just bring up any <laughs> yeah, movie yeah. you wanted to see. Yeah. But uh, you know, I was New babysitting bangles. my niece and she just wanted to watch some movies and we're all like digital, you're just kind of scrolling through and it kind of dawned on me, I'm never going to take my niece to mm-hmm. a video store on the weekend to like rent a a video and like the experience you smell the popcorn yeah. you walk down the aisles you have to pick up the different boxes you mm-hmm. try and have to guess yeah <laughs> what's gonna be good you yeah, know yeah. if and you want to see jurassic park and they don't have it what yeah. are you gonna get that disappointment <laughs> hurts man and then it's like well and then the argument too like did you see jurassic park no man i don't want to see that one i want to see this one yeah like, yeah you go with a group of friends right yeah. and then everybody that was it it was like a real community and a, and a great a great thing and i think those experiences still exist but it's very different like the the renting experience that's that's gone not going to come back mm-hmm. and we'll always have that um but, and there are still rental stores out there and because you can't find every movie yeah you can't find every movie online it's not on netflix so if you do want to watch an obscure movie you do have to hunt it down mm-hmm. so there are great places like eyesore cinema here in toronto mm-hmm. they rent you go in there and you're like blown away like i want to rent everything in there because yeah. they're movies i've never heard of mm-hmm. um so yeah i've i've got a dvd player that still still sees some action yes. for sure <laughs> that's nice <laughs> i uh this is a tangent but one time i was in uh this is obviously many years ago but i was in a video store and I was looking to rent something, and I was just by myself, but there was a couple there, and they were doing the classic thing where they were trying to pick a movie, and they were disagreeing with each other. But they were both deaf, so they were sign language uh, arguing. Oh. The, so she would pick up one, and then he would argue back, and then she'd put it back on the shelf. He'd pick up one. They were doing the classic thing where, like, no, I don't want to see that. I'm not in the mood for that. You know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm. can tell. Like, I, don't, I can't read sign language, but it's like... Oh, that's really neat, like, just to see, like, just this silent argument kind of happening. And, like, you lose those connections in that community where you're talking about with the comic book store, right? Like, yeah. Because you're just in this Netflix thing, and you don't see other people. You don't you don't know who's in your community anymore, in yeah. a sense. And that's what the song Rental Patient is all about. We shot a video. Actually, we shot it at Eyesore Cinema. They mm-hmm. were awesome to let us in there. And it's funny. A lot of places didn't want us to shoot a rap video, mm-hmm. and then... The eyesore was so cool. They're like, yeah, do a rap video about renting videos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we did that. A big thing, too, for, like, I still try and buy 
my favorite movie of the year, I like to get the physical copy of it. Mm-hmm. And my friend Sean Hatton, who I think yeah. you know Sean, yeah. so he pointed out that there's some digital movies, if you buy them digitally, they alter them. So you could buy a movie on iTunes or something, and then you want to watch it again now, they may change it. Mm-hmm. So there are certain movies, like I believe Iron Giant has had some changes made to it, whereas if you had the physical version, and Sean could tell you more about this, it's like... The physical is always going to stay the same, mm-hmm. but if people want to just update or change effects, I mean, I don't want them going back and George Lucasing like when he did the when he went back and revisited yeah. uh. and just sort of drew in all that new <laughs> stuff on Tatooine and like yeah, the, yeah. when he redid the <laughs> the originals. This is like, my vision. Yeah, give me the original movie mm-hmm. how it, how it was presented. So that's why I don't in that regard I don't always trust the digital versions yeah. of stuff. E.T. was one of the ones recently that got changed a little bit. They, um, when some of the FBI agents and cops and stuff, they changed their guns to walkie-talkies. So really? The, Spielberg wanted it to be more kid-friendly, and he took away some of the guns and stuff like that. So, huh. so if you had bought that, though, if you bought E.T. when it first became available digitally, mm-hmm. yeah, then you had that on your, and you were playing it on iTunes, mm-hmm. would iTunes have automatically updated it to the new version? I would assume so, because it's Spielberg. He can probably make those calls, right? Like, like that's what, well, that's what iTunes is doing and yeah. changing stuff, and that's kind of like, well, I don't. How do you find the original? Yeah, and you I have mean, to like, own it. Yeah, and I mean, it wasn't like E.T. was some sort of violent movie or like, but he, he thought that it would make it less scary and less whatever for kids. You know, it's Spielberg too, right? So it's kind of yeah, like... that's. I mean, that's a whole other topic of yeah. conversation, right? Like, <laughs> But I see what you're saying, though. Are your kids renting a movie this weekend? Saturday afternoon matinees aren't what they used to be. To begin with, kids don't have to go to the movie theater. They can bring the movie home from a rental store. What you know about going out to catch a movie at your own house? Waiting in line to watch something on your own couch, no doubt. You had to get up and get it, or ask an adult if your pick was restricted. Get this, I know it's hard to believe it, but if a movie was rented, you just couldn't see it. None to download from your humble abode, you'd have to leave your home bungalow and run down the road. Hope the local shop had a copy in stock, cause if not, gotta find something else to watch. And if you thought I was done with flipping your mind, they only let you have the flick for a limited time. And if you didn't rewind, you were the evilest dude. Worse than the term previously viewed, even though you paid, it was only yours to borrow. Cause after all of that, you'd have to bring it back tomorrow. Yo, take it from a rental patient. You had to have rental patience. Checking the shelves of every destination. They might have a copy at the next location. Yo, this is for the rental patient. Selecting discs and cassettes for playing. Popcorn sense through the ventilation. Better get something good, cause your friends are waiting. Okay then, now in case you didn't know the lengths you had to go just to get a video was a ritual. A major event when you got your own card and were able to rent where everyone went. Families to film buffs, stoners and punks who try to steal stuff, or just loiter and eat the free popcorn. Sneak a peek behind the curtain, they stock porn, and every visit was a hunt and a gamble. Taking chances on new ones to sample, a lot of choices were only based on box art. So if you found a gem, you were a rock star. And few things could beat that relief smile of being first to the new release style. But be guile, cause if you don't wanna find, you better make sure you return it on time. Yo, this is for the rental patient, selecting discs and cassettes for playing. Popcorn sense through the ventilation, better get something good, cause your friends are waiting. 
top movies were dirty. They all got around, in and out of every last player in town. Wow, I mean, why you think each release came with fingerprint stains and some pizza grease? Seven day rentals for seven bucks, kid. Test your luck, cause what you picked you were stuck with. Why put up with this? Glad you asked. Cause buying back then cost a lot of cash. It was the age of renters, made more memorable. Cause we knew what we had was ephemeral. A flicker on the screen, a brief time and moment of taking something home. Knowing you didn't own it, you don't appreciate the grace till you take a risk. Beta VHS, DVD, laser disc. Maybe this is just how they were meant to be seen. On pieces of plastic, you stick in machines. Yo, take it from a rental patient. You had to have rental patience. Checking the shelves of every destination. They might have a copy at the next location. Yo, this is for the rental patient. Selecting discs and cassettes for playing. Popcorn sense through the ventilation. Better get something good, cause your friends are waiting. You had to have rental patience. For all the rental patients, I used to see a video villa, aka Super Video, Queen of Morris. Video difference, critics choice, gigantic video, jumbo video, video flicks, video pics, MT video, video 99, Johnson's video in Scarborough where I saw the G.I. Joe cartoon movie and they had the Super Famicom games and the Famicom games with the converters, that was crazy, Blockbuster you can't forget about, Hollywood video 99, clean video, video free Brooklyn, whatever video in every city yo, this is for every rental patient out there. Can children rent these cassettes? Any cassettes from these rental pleasure sets? 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 With a song like that, what comes first? Is it the idea to celebrate the video store? Is it the beat? Or is it just kind of like uh, you just sometimes go in the studio and then you have a beat and then that's what pops in your head? Or like. I had the idea for the song. I've had it for for a little while, and I had been trying to write it and crack the code. I'd actually started writing it around the time Replicable Skills came out, which mm-hmm. was my album in 2015, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't quite find the right angle to it. And then I kind of zoned in on like the rental patient, and to rent videos, yeah. you needed patience, and I thought the title was kind of yeah. funny. It just, it all kind of, it sometimes it just, it's like a, you know, lightning hits and yeah. you're like this is this works. And then of course Beat Mason, who is just a super talented producer mm-hmm. and homie that I've worked with forever. Yeah. You know, he he showed me that beat and I was like, dude, I love this beat. I think I've got a good idea for it. So I I crafted the lyrics for mm-hmm. Rental Patient around that beat, ran it by him, he's feeling it, he amps it up, and then we just sort of we go from there. And so yeah, sometimes I'll you know, I'm always thinking of different song ideas, and then when I hear the beat, something just clicks, and it's like, oh, this is the right beat for this, mm-hmm. right? So, like, the title track for Rhyme Your Business, I kind of had this idea of Rhyme Your Business, and Beat Mason showed me this incredible beat that became the beat for Rhyme yeah. Your Business, and it was just like, oh, this makes it all come together, yeah. so... Yeah, because, I mean, you had, like, for example, Damage Control yeah. on this album. And, I mean, you've been Another dro- dope Beat Mason beat. Yeah, right? that's a but banger. you're dropping, like, you've been dropping, like, uh, Marvel Comics and all kinds of stuff for years on many different tracks and albums and guest spots and things like that. So, it's funny. It's like, why would you almost, like, wait this long in a weird way to kind of drop something on, like, Damage Control? Yeah. Well, it, it's funny. Yeah. I, I guess I kind of thought the same thing. It's like, I'm always rapping about this stuff. Mm-hmm. and then But just to focus in and just make it specifically about uh, Damage Control from Marvel Comics. And also, because I'd been Esoteric, who's featured on that track, 
one of my favorite rappers I always loved the stuff he was doing with 7L and now he's in Zarface with Inspected Deck from Wu-Tang so you know it's mm-hmm. not name you know yeah, I don't yeah. want to name drop but uh, you know I'm yeah. sort of 6 degrees from yeah. Wu-Tang yeah. but Esoteric getting is closer. <laughs> getting closer yeah. you know what though Esso is he's such a dope dope MC and mm-hmm. just a great person and I know he's a comic book lover so I, I pitched him the idea for damage control and he was all over it which made yeah. me super psyched so then we just collaborated and did and did that track and it just it worked really well so but yeah any chance i have to geek out and mm-hmm. and get into that mindset yeah. right if you if you ask me to rap about comics it's like i hope you got a lot of battery power <laughs> in <laughs> yes. that mic because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go a while yeah i mean the flip side of it too is the other one is uh mcguffin device which is a classic gi joe uh reference well i mean mcguffin is kind of a classic pop culture reference but this one specifically was a gi joe uh reference that's the other flip side of your coin i guess right which is like anytime you have an opportunity to talk about gi joe or to flip (laughs) something in there like a vehicle or like you know it's really anytime i have an opportunity to talk about anything i love uh Mm. i'm gonna do it which is whenever mike's in front of me so gi joe is definitely one of those things i love you know welcome to cobra island was a full labor of love Mm -hmm. and yeah mcguffin device it's actually like alfred hitchcock coined that that Mm -hmm. phrase and that's in in books and obviously lots of literature and film the mcguffin device where they never tell you what the item is but everyone in the story is trying to get the mcguffin device and yeah of course gi joe uh they use it in in an episode so we that was something i would have seen as a kid that was probably where i first heard mcguffin device and (laughs) and so yeah i definitely drew on that that for inspiration but mcguffin device again and again that's another beat mason track Mm -hmm. and that's i i feel like it's just sort of a fun way to describe what i was doing in the song like it's just something you can't really explain Mm -hmm. but this is my style so i kind of rap this is how word burglar raps i'm not rapping like drake i'm not rapping like kanye i'm not rapping like whoever i'm just rapping like me Mm -hmm. Uh, those dudes are all dope i think they're gonna be very successful (laughs) (laughs) well i mean but you know that's like that's i got the mcguffin device i guess yeah you started off talking about uh wu-tang clan and Mm. i mean i don't know how many members are actually like wu-tang's huge obviously it's like 10 people more yeah 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 well yeah you work in the the wu affiliates and who knows but the point i'm making is that like method man is completely different than inspector deck and rizza's different than like you know what i mean like oh yeah the core crew they're all and they all brought something different to the correct. table right so yeah odb i mean like even you god right like mm-hmm. people forget you god but his voice was so dope and like you combine you put him on the track with everybody and yeah 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 no the Wu- wu-tang forever man for Wu-Tang, sure yeah. so many different styles and just yeah well, let's keep with the theme of uh, Wu-Tang and uh, Cash Rules Everything Around Me, because uh, Bumblebee movie came out, and it <laughs> failed a little bit, right? Didn't oh, did it, it fail? I haven't it, seen it yet. Yeah, so it didn't do as well, like, compared to, like, even China was, like, a little bit, eh, with the Bumblebee movie. It's was, were, the, were people <laughs> expecting China to love it? or? <laughs> well, because China was the one who, the, con- the country that, like, uh, helped all the last three or four Transformer movies clock over a ah. billion dollars, right? So... They were always they always have the taste of a twelve year old it seems like right and right and so they are like the the Transformers movies get annihilated here it's Michael Bay and they're terrible too right I think they're terrible but yeah. they've obviously they're doing something right because they've made right. a ton of dough right and that's why Bumblebee is kind of like it's like the Solo movie it's not it's Star, Solo didn't make Star Wars money you know what I mean I love Solo but it didn't make Star Wars money it's crazy how Solo so like. 
I just so I got solo for Christmas from mm-hmm. my wife. She was like, "What do you want for Christmas?" I'm like, "Eh, you know what? I'll just take a couple of <laughs> yeah. uh, Blu-rays." Yeah. So I, I wanted the Infinity War and Solo. That's mm-hmm. like literally all I could think of to ask yeah. for. And I love Solo, so I watched it with my mom and my wife because they hadn't seen it. I saw it in theaters. They both loved it. Mm-hmm. My mom, who like took me to Star Wars as a kid, yeah. she was like all on it. And she, her only beef with the movie, which <laughs> yeah. was amazing, she was like, "I don't like the name. What were they called? Like the Crimson." They call Crimson Empire or something. Oh, Crimson Guard? No, no, not Crimson. Crimson Dawn. Crimson Dawn. Yeah. She was like, "That doesn't sound like a Star Wars name." I'm like, "Go, Mom. That's amazing. That's a good, yeah." (laughs) But other than that, she loved it, and I don't know why that movie failed. Because honestly, that and Force Awakens have been, Mm -hmm. and I love Rogue One a lot too. Like those, I think they were all great. I wasn't Mm -hmm. crazy about Last Jedi, but we don't need to go there. But. But the reason I brought up uh, Bumblebee, because I was wondering, like, do you think it'll have an impact on whether we'll see any more G.I. Joe films? Because it's all kind of connected back to Hasbro and that, because they're our studio, right? So, and they're yeah. trying to control. I think at one point they were even talking about doing a shared universe between the two. I mean, we've had, was it? it's been two Joe movies, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it, that would definitely make sense. Everyone I've talked to has told me Bumblebee is dope. Mm-hmm. I just haven't had a chance to see it's it. It's dope, but it's just not. Again, it's like it's it's not making Transformers yeah, money. Like That's... I love Spider Verse. That mm-hmm. was I I saw that instead of Bumblebee, and yeah. I, I thought it was a good choice. It was yeah. crazy. <laughs> yes. But Bumblebee, yeah, for a shared universe, it would totally make sense. Mm-hmm. And I'm not too crazy about the GI Joe live action films. I do think they're both better than any of the Transformer films I've seen. Yes, uh, but the there's... second one especially it gets a little bit better. Yeah, dude. The you know, again, we could talk about this forever, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the second one they tried some stuff. Um, Riza, little Riza connection in there, <laughs> yeah. but I did, I did like how they celebrated like the Snake Eyes Storm Shadow relationship. I thought Zartan was actually done pretty well. I thought Firefly was pretty good. There, Cobra Commander actually in the second one was dope. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some really second one's actually got a lot of good stuff going mm-hmm. for it, and they are doing a Snake Eyes film. Okay, so I don't know if wait, that's... he hasn't talked though. Yeah. So how you can have a character and not talk <laughs> for like two hours? Well, I mean, he talked pre uh, pre accident, but uh, I don't know okay, how much so they're gonna. <laughs> I don't so know how much they're gonna follow that, and mm-hmm. I think they've updated it. To me, I always thought the cool way to handle GI Joe, at least the GI Joe that we know, mm-hmm. the '80s GI Joe, would have been to make a movie set in the '80s because yeah. then you can use crazy costumes. Mm-hmm. G.I. Joe of the 80s would basically, the backstory, a lot of these characters were in the Vietnam. They fought in the Vietnam War. Yeah. And then they came back, and then they became the Joe. If you follow the Larry Hama comics, which are amazing, Mm -hmm. and that was sort of like, and then it gets into Reagan era, not to get too political or whatever, but that's kind of what that, that's why that all worked, because the 80s was a different time. G.I. Joe, I think, will always work in any year or generation because it's it's at its core it's about a team it's about specialists it's about good versus evil and cool gear and accessories and wild amazing adventures Mm -hmm. and over the top villains yeah so i think that's going to translate anywhere i think it needs a serious reboot if they want to try and do something set in 2019 so I don't know how they're going to do it. Obviously, getting away from, like, the American war machine, that's, I think, been a major issue for Hasbro over the years. Worlds Without End. Worlds Without End, yeah. 
throw it back, then you can go back in time. This was a, a two-parter. It was a two-parter, right? Mm-hmm. Where um, I just want to say, I didn't mean like the American war machine, but you know what I mean. Like yeah, For yeah. the rest of the world, like looking at it, I think it's a hard sell because people don't want to buy American. Well, American, I mean like North American as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like growing up with a real American hero, I always thought, well, we're North America. It's yeah. the same thing. But I think that's a tough sell overseas. People don't want to see, you know, military stuff where transformers does better because it's robots and everybody likes robots yeah (laughs) you you're gonna get a litmus test actually i think in 2019 i think it's gonna be 2019 um because stallone's coming up with the new rambo oh really i think it's actually almost done or is done (laughs) give it man give it up for stallone i know like cranking out the hits damn and like creed is like crazy like but yeah. Rambo is a Vietnam vet. And oh, yeah. Vet, the first Rambo's crazy. Right? So, But Vietnam finished like 30, 40 years ago, 50 years ago. Like, yeah. What? It was, I mean, such an impactful uh, yeah, I know. You know, world <laughs> event. But he's still going to be having flashbacks. <laughs> like, You know what I mean? Like Rambo 5. Rambo 5. So and he's playing Rambo. Yeah, no. He's been putting up stuff on Instagram and stuff like that. That's what I'm wow. saying. Like, they've actually been shooting. It's not like a rumor. Like, wow. It should be done or coming out this year. Wow. Um, so this will give you a test because I mean Stallone is still probably he's still a decent enough name and especially like you said the Creed's done well. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can if he can sell a Rambo overseas and if they're like with Trump and everything else going on. Yeah, if they will still like buy this and like, yeah. I mean, me personally, I think it's awesome and I think they should do that and I think GI Joe will always be fantastic. But I do understand it. It is a tough sell mm-hmm. for you know, and I. We know, like, if parents are trying to buy toys for their kids, if you go to the store, you'd rather buy a Star Wars toy or a wrestler or a transforming Mm -hmm. robot as opposed to seeing someone with guns, Mm -hmm. right? Like, just a human with guns is going to be a tough sell uh, for kids these days. So, uh, yeah, it was different, different times, but... So, all these topics and all these themes are kind of show up in your... Well, in your one podcast... Thanks for but bringing it back. Yes. <laughs> Eventually, we come back to this stuff. I knew there was going to be tangents on this oh, one. Oh, man, you know me. I'm yeah. like, I should be the tangent burglar. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, tangent burglar. I guess that's the new album. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do have two podcasts. Well, one just started right now, but yeah. the one that's consistent uh, is Weekend at Burgie's. And then the new one is Do You Still Like This, where you... Uh, it was just Coins, I think was the first episode. Yeah, yep. So second episode should be dropping shortly with Sean Hatton, actually, we were talking about. Nice. And we're... Uh, yeah, Do You Still Like This Movie is all about... It's literally what the title is. Do You Still Like This Movie? So uh, I have a guest on, and they pick a movie that they used to like, but they haven't seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. And then we watch it and see if they still like it. Sometimes I've seen the movie, sometimes I haven't. Mm-hmm. And it's just a great excuse for me to watch old movies movies with cool people Mm -hmm. and then we just get to dissect and see what holds up and what doesn't Mm -hmm. so it's a really simple idea i started doing it actually we've been recording episodes for over a year so we didn't we didn't get to launch it until december but i was i was recording in like 2017 i started working on it yeah and we're it's just a monthly podcast you can just find it just type in do you still like this movie you'll find it but yeah it's been really fun going back like the episode's coming up i don't want to spoil anything but they're movies I've seen, you know, I, I watched a lot as a kid, and watching them now, you really do see it in a new light. And mm. some stuff totally holds up, and then some stuff is just like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> like, this is, like, politically incorrect. It's offensive. Mm. It's just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, some stuff is shocking. Like that. 
Yeah. You know, like, because I've, I've seen, like, you find an 18 episode on, like, late at night at 2 in the morning or something on some yeah. one of those channels. And you're like, wow, this is real. Like, these are grown men, too, who are, like, writing it and producing it. And I'm uh, like, you don't feel ashamed? I like, know. Well, everything. There's, like, whether it's homophobia or racism or misogyny or just, like, weird just stuff that's just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, just You're just like, what were they thinking? Mm-hmm. But then you think, okay, this was uh, 1989 or yeah. this was 92, which really isn't that long ago no. for some stuff. And... Um, yeah, it's uh, but then some other films are just timeless, mm-hmm. and that's what's really exciting when you see a movie that you did used to love and it's still really good. Yeah, that like feels good, and I think in the bigger scheme of things, I guess it's just sort of like asking the question, what's good? Like what stands the test of time? Mm-hmm. Like if you go back and listen to any album, like Wu Tang album, yeah. or like go back and listen like. Uh, I in high school I listened to old Pink Floyd albums mm-hmm. and I was like, these are awesome. <laughs> like you know, like yeah. some stuff is just timeless and um, and some movies are. Which so it's not that deep, but mm-hmm. it's uh, it's, it's fun. fun. So yeah. yeah. Do you think of that? Are you conscious of that when you go in the studio and you're recording that how this will hold up five years from now, ten years from now? Do you think people will look back and like, man, I listened to Word Burglar. <laughs> I, was, I was so embarrassed. <laughs> He's sitting there talking about cream of wheat. <laughs> like, I feel like an idiot. Well, <laughs> or like you think of like, oh, this is amazing. Now I get all these references because they made all these movies since then. Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, how do you... <laughs> Well, I mean, that's really where the title of the, the newest album came from. Like, Rhyme Your Business is really just, is tell like it is. Speak what you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's all I've ever tried to do. Just try to be as honest as I can. Obviously, you know, you amp stuff up for entertainment. Mm-hmm. And, but just having the truth there, I think, in everything. And so I guess it's my hope that the truth is always going to be interesting mm-hmm. and is always going to hold up. Yeah, I guess I don't really think like, oh man, are my grandkids gonna love this or not? Maybe mm-hmm. I should. <laughs> well, it's funny because I mean, that's your. Maybe my whole... grandkids yeah. won't get this weird reference to visionaries, knights <laughs> of the mass magical light. That's a deep cut. Yeah, I know. It was a lot of... I think Grandpa's weird. What's Grandpa talking about? These dudes with holograms uh, on their chest. <laughs> this is crazy. By the way, Visionaries was crazy. I don't Visionaries know how... dope. Yeah, it was dope. Yeah, well, I just leaked it, man. I got a Visionaries track dropping on the next record. Oh, yeah. Oh, Spaceverse. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, dropping this summer. Okay. Yeah. That's something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it is, it's funny because, I mean, you, half your work and your life is based on, like you said, nostalgia. I mean, we've talked about, we've covered, like, everything in the last, like, half hour, 40 minutes we've been talking, like, from G.I. Joe to Visionaries to, like, Wu-Tang. Like, yeah. But it's funny that you don't apply that nostalgia to your own work, though. Huh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, well, in terms of looking back at my own work fondly, I do. Like, I guess I don't really look backwards at the stuff. I'm proud of everything I've done. And mm-hmm. when I when I record something and finally release it out into the world, I really only release stuff that I'm proud of at that moment and happy with. So I, I go through everything with a fine-tooth comb. And, yeah, there's a few tracks that I may have heard now. And I'm like, whoa, did I... You know, that was Mm -hmm. crazy from like 15 years ago or something. But, I mean, the nostalgia thing really, yesterday is nostalgia, Mm -hmm. right? Like literally, so I'm just celebrating things I've liked throughout my life. And so as long as I'm living, I'm going to 
celebrate stuff I like. Yeah. So yeah, definitely I celebrate stuff from like when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, you know, now being an adult, you know, and then it's funny with Space Verse, there are some future things on there. But yeah, I guess uh, I think all my albums are a lot. I try and live in the present. You know, like a like a pet in a gift box, <laughs> which is a line on the yeah, record. Yeah, and it's, but I I can't help but think about the cool stuff from my past that I remember, and and you know, nostalgia is a fun thing. I when whenever people talk about it in a negative light, it that's that doesn't make sense to me because if it's something that made you happy at one point in time, why would you ever want to forget about that? Mm-hmm. You want to remember it. Yeah. If I love a crazy transformer from when I was a kid and I see it today and it makes me happy, that's a good thing. Like that's, I don't want to forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so how do you balance all these things? Like the, the podcasts and the comic books and the album, like, is it, is there kind of like a different creative approach or you just get bored of like making an album? So then you want to do some comic books and then you go do some podcasts or like, how do you balance these things? Or you don't balance them gets by the side. Yeah, you know, that's well, I'm a Libra, so I guess balance is sort of in my nature. Mm-hmm. If you if you buy into any of that astrological stuff. I guess I just sort of follow day to day. I just sort of follow what I feel I wanna work on. Some days I'm super inspired to write a comic book, other days it's like I'm gonna be writing rhymes for like eight hours straight, and then other days I just wanna sit in front of a mic and talk to people and, mm-hmm. and do the podcast. I jam pack all my days, like my week. I, I stay pretty busy, and and it's just what I love to do. And and then in my downtime, I read comics and <laughs> play video games yeah. and and hang out with my girl. You know, mm-hmm. that's yeah. Like doing a lot of these interviews and stuff. I talked to a number of comic book creators and other people in the industry. There's no almost division between your like your chilling time and your chilling reading comics and then the work that you kind of have to do. You know what I mean? Where you're kind of going back and looking for references and like, you know what I'm getting at? Like, it's almost like it's just it's one blur. Like, do you ever get to separate and just kind of like read comics just for the sake of reading comics? Or are you always just when you read something, then you're like, oh, I should remember this as a reference or like incorporate it. So you're almost on the clock in a way. Yeah, no, you know, I don't think of it as on the clock. I genuinely just love it. And I read so many comics and I've read thousands of comics in my life. And I've certainly not rapped about all of them. (laughs) And (laughs) yet, (laughs) yet, Uh, that Nth Man album's coming. (laughs) Somebody has to do it. Strike Force Moratory. Don't forget John Byrne's next one. Oh, man. That's that's a good series. Very good. Good stuff. Um, uh, yeah, I no, I read for enjoyment. I love it. I just zone out. Like I, I, I'm always reading comics and books and stuff. Just and uh, you know, at night before I go to bed, I'm always I've got a stack of comics and books mm-hmm. by my bed, and I'm just always, yeah. I don't I don't think about about this is fodder, but it will creep into my brain later. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if something cool pops out, it's like oh, I'd like to do something. But like when I worked on Welcome to Cobra Island, I didn't really think about. The stuff like I did a a song that was inspired by the uh, Cobra the Last Laugh, which was an amazing IDW story with Chuckles. And I read that when it came out. I loved it and it blew me away. And then when I was when the Welcome to Cobra Island album started coming out. It. Like that's just sort of naturally popped into my head that that was a story that affected me. That was something I needed to 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 draw inspiration from. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, and does that answer? I don't. <laughs> it's your life. I mean, man, this is yeah, this is cool, man. Yeah. I want to know what are, what are you reading these days? What's what's inspiring you? 
I'm really digging the Incredible Hulk. I know a number of Immortal Hulk actually. Sorry, Immortal Hulk. Uh, Al Ewing. They've he's transformed into a horror comic, and so it's um, there was a scientist that was being evil and kind of um, doing nasty things to the Hulk and kind of experimenting on him or whatever. And so at one point, um, he was kind of like uh, disassembled. It's kind of weird. I don't know how to explain it in the comic. But the Hulk, basically, he went from Bruce Banner to the Hulk, but he transformed around the guy. So he absorbed the evil scientist. Does that make any sense? Sure, yeah. And so... Well, to a guy who's the, read comics. Yes, it, it makes does. sense. Yeah, I know. I just realized when I said it out loud, I'm like, that, that sounds so dumb. But so it's a horror comic, and he's transforming at night and stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, this is really good. Like, it just kind of... I mean, you mentioned, like, Robert Kirkman. Mm-hmm. He's, he's known for, obviously, Walking Dead, but he also does the other series, Outcast. Mm-hmm. And so I'm also reading that one as well. I'm kind of uh, hit and miss with the Tom King Batman. I can't decide if I really like it yep. or not. Uh, but I have really been enjoying Bendis' Superman when he started that up. Um, yeah, it wasn't too crazy at the start of the Bendis Superman, but I've heard good things about it since. I might check it out. I'm with you on the Tom King. Like it's, It is hit and miss, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm enjoying that Batman. I loved... He did the Vision for Marvel. Yeah, and if anyone more than a man or a little more than a man uh, or whatever it's called, such yeah. a good series. Mm-hmm. That to me, that's one of those books that a creator does that just says, like when I, I read that, I'm like, I will give anything this guy does a chance because yeah. I loved this book so mm-hmm. much. I don't think he's topped the Vision yet. Yeah, but um, like Mister Miracle kind of left me wanting a bit more but yeah and i'm not totally so he's also doing that uh, heroes in crisis book too yeah and i'm not totally so i'm like nah. i read it and i'm like oh, i guess so i think too the the funny thing with comics is like you always like when you get home when you get that stack and then you you have that behavior where like i gotta read this one first and tom king's not one of those guys yet in the pile where like i gotta get this first and yeah. like you know yeah. what i mean yeah so it's like you got a little bit of work to do son yeah. so the one guy who's slowly creeping up to the uh, like I gotta read this first uh, of the new writers is Matthew Rosenberg yeah he's doing some X-Men stuff mm-hmm. yeah some really good stuff yeah so he's like you were saying with like Tom King kind of like wooing you with vision like Rosenberg is kind of like yo man here's some chocolate here's some flowers he's nice. coming around and, and like that's what's exciting right mm-hmm. it's like music comics when you dis- start to discover someone really on the come up and you're like whoa this I wasn't expecting this to be as good yeah and then you just you need more and you gotta keep fueling it yeah right? And I find with his stuff, he's fanboyish in the positive, like in the Neil Gaiman sense, where mm. like he knows the history. You could tell he grew up reading this stuff, and he knows what kind of works and doesn't work because he's brought back Gene Gray, Multiple Men. Like he's brought back a couple of people like that, and he does it seamless, right? But he does it as a cool, like kind of fanboy. Like you know what, this works within all this continuity. I'm like, oh snap, well done, son. That's such a that's so important. Mm-hmm. Learning from. <laughs> The failures yes. of uh, of yesterday. Yeah, well, that's why I referred to Jeff Johns as a janitor because yeah. there are sometimes they just get excited and they hire somebody like Grant Morrison, X Men, or whatever, and they're like, "Go nuts! I'm gonna go make a sandwich." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, when you said that earlier, I meant to say that's a great description of him because mm-hmm. he has totally done that with so many books. Yeah, he just comes in with the broom and he's like, "You guys screwed all this stuff up. Now I gotta clean all that. It's like a party's done or whatever, yeah. and there's all those red cups <laughs> everywhere." That's what Jeff Johns comes in. He's like, you guys suck at editing comics and stuff. Yeah. Like, look at all these like solo cuts he everywhere. He knows how to do it. And you have sometimes you're given some crap that you have to just make work. You have to make an omelet out mm-hmm. of this barf. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he does it. Yeah. So back to the uh, music and the album. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're talking about that stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
so you said you're going to be releasing a Visionaries track. Is that going to be just a track this summer, or is it going to be an EP, or is it going to be a yeah. Visionaries like Welcome to Cobra Island kind of thing? Or Ooh, well, uh, yeah, I guess I uh, I did let the the cat out of the bag. I will say it's an album that is all themed uh, around sci-fi and mm-hmm. space topics. Okay. So uh, the working title now is Spaceverse, Ooh. and at the moment, yeah, there there will be at least one Visionaries track. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be more than one, but there could be because yeah. it's it's a work in progress right now, um, and it's going to be a combination of. Um, I have a lot of songs already that I've done that are space and sci-fi themed, kind of like you mentioned earlier about I've done a lot of comic book tracks, but some of them haven't been on my albums. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of space songs that haven't been on my albums, and so I'm working with a bunch of uh, different producers, doing some remixes, uh, and it's very much in the early stages coming together uh, at the moment, so... This sounds like a more or less project too. Like I would assume he's gonna appear. Or... Yeah, less is less is definitely involved because I worked with him on Doctor Who project, yeah. and we did a great. Uh, there's a track called Picard Maneuver on mm-hmm. his newest album, which is really dope. You should check out. Shout out more or less. Uh, it was just such a crazy MC, an incredible DJ, and he's a really dope producer too. Um, and yeah, Les will definitely be involved. I mean, him and I have been working together since like 2000. And five or six or something so yeah. it's been a long time we go way back yeah time flies on the rhymo clock yeah there you go <laughs> um so yeah space verse uh i guess i don't have much to officially announce right here mm-hmm. but definitely in the coming in the coming months i'll have some news um i'm doing some touring i'm going to japan and playing a show in japan and then i'm doing some shows in the states i'm gonna go to seattle and portland a few other dates coming up mm-hmm. and uh, and then i'm gonna be spending a lot of time working on on uh, a few different projects, some album stuff, some other, some comic stuff, and yeah, it's a busy year. It but is a busy uh, year. I'm hoping uh, by August there should be some pretty cool stuff. Okay. Um, and there is, I do have a seven inch coming out, new a new oh. seven inch record dropping um, with a space song uh, featuring Cool Keith and Mega Ran, wow. which is a remix of a, a track called Space Defense Team. And then uh, the other side is Damage Control with Esoteric. Produced by Beat Mason and uh, Space Defense Team is produced by Bix, uh, who's a dope producer. And yeah, it's just a nice, uh, a really cool little seven inch that's coming out from Black Buffalo Records. Uh, so that will hopefully be out late spring. And then, uh, yeah, I'm hoping to get this sort of like new album with some remixes and some new tracks, mm-hmm. hopefully out by the end of the summer. Okay. That's, yeah. I'm very excited about it right now. Yeah, like, this is, I'm like, I can tell. I'm yeah. deep in the middle of it, yeah. so I'm. It's still starting to take shape, and there's a lot of work that has to be done. I have to contact some producers and talk to some people and see what's going on. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. Are you as excited at the when you finish an album like that, like you get it done and now it's out, or do you like that little mir- middle period where like you got it done but nobody knows it or nobody's heard of it yet? <sighs> yeah, I mean, clearly I'm bad at keeping a secret. I try and keep yeah. secrets. <laughs> <laughs> I try to keep stuff pretty close until it's ready to come out, but I'm super excited. When I'm working on stuff, I get really, really excited about it. And then when it comes out, I get really excited. And Rhyme Your Business is still brand new. Mm-hmm. Like, it's only been out for a few months, but there's still millions of people who have never heard it. And now it's even harder than ever to push records, uh, especially, I'm an independent artist. Yeah. So it's all, it's DIY. I like it that way, but I've got nobody promoting this record. Mm-hmm. It's just me. So that's why I did the Canadian tour, to get the word out, to show people hey i've got another record out i'm i'm out here i'm Mm. doing this and 
it's really, really hard to get traction. And in my experience, I found it, it almost takes like a year or two before people even notice your record. Yeah. So to me, Rhyme Your Business is just a little baby. Like it's not even, it hasn't even had a chance yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really going to be pushing the heck out of Rhyme Your Business for the next year. And always, I mean, all my other records too, right? Like, mm-hmm. so I don't, you know, I'm not relying on anybody to promote it. So I have to do it. And, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, new projects are, are, have me super excited right now. Nice. <laughs> Where can people find you online to follow all the magic and when things are coming out or if you're coming to a town near you or a comic book shop near you? Uh, best spot is just wordburglar.com. There's links to Facebook, to the tour dates. Uh, there's Instagram, I'm at the wordburglar. And on Twitter, I'm at wordburglar. And if you're on Facebook, just type in wordburglar and there's a page there. And, I, and I, I try and update all that stuff as much as I can on iTunes or any podcast server you use. Just look up Weekend at Burgies mm-hmm. or do you still like this movie? And type in Word Burglar and you should be able to find all my records. And I'm on all the streaming services you can find uh, if that's your preferred method. But, you know, we always like it if you buy a mm-hmm. record. But <laughs> yes, <laughs> YouTube, too. We got a lot of videos. So so check them out. And uh, and thanks for having me. Like, and this is amazing. So. Yeah, no, this is fun. We've been meaning to talk and like yeah. do this or whatever. But thank you for bringing comics. It's the last paper out. Like, that's so cool. I'm yes, gonna... available at local comic shops like uh, The Amazing Silver Snail, mm-hmm. Sidekick, and Strange Adventures in Halifax. Or just message me. You know, I'm, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Uh, you got to do the uh, comic book thing and you got to like sign it for me. You like, got the, it. To right? my pal Sammy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> What's up, cuz? What's up, cuz? <laughs> so thank you, Sean. Thank you, Word Burglar, for coming in. Thank you for the beats and the music. As you said, Rhyme Your Business is out now. You can pick it up at all the different cool spots. Um, thank you for listening. I'm Sam Yunin. You can follow me at my pal Sammy on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. Thanks, Sean. Dope. Thank you. On the surf, we're tilted further by the silver surfer. Turned a burglar to a civil server. Thrilling work, sure, I know they save kids. But who they think's cleaning up all this bridge? Fleet yeah. is Cassidy Carnage at Carnegie Hall. Or blast down the bombers, car bombing them all. I'm charging them all like Gambit's credit cards. Handling damage like slamming the record spots. Reading suits, split the street in two, defeating humans, find an evil do. Tell them we the clean up food, damage controlled, it's whim. I seen a thing or two, it's clobbering time. When stopping crimes, gets broken like the hobs off the mind. When the weapons go blam, blam, we deal with it all, big or small like Ant-Man. If Jean's way gets carried away, and safety say she gonna pay the bill, world to pay the way. Hey, what can I say? It's just another day at work. Want tough? You should see our secret wars paperwork. When perps make damage, we manage the task. When Atlantis attacks, Namor's planning a bath. Yeah. Patsy Walker, the sleepwalker. Even Peter Parker needs a partner. After he be shocker, we're sweeping the meat locker of a Marvel zombie. We'll leave your face whiter than Moon Knight's laundry.
like the watcher's eyeballs. They need no security in the family plan. Ah, sounds worse than when Angar had a bandana. Can't lose my undershirt if you're uninsured. You have better luck in voicing the Punisher. When they warring with the hoax and they brawling with the cats. When they leave dancing cracks and the monuments collapse. Super villains out for loot, they shoot and blast the entrance. We pick up pieces from their random acts of vengeance. Yo, tensions high. Ashitari pour our portals in the sky. Collide with buildings, mortals mortified and forced to hide. Maybe it's doom. It being tombs a kill longer. I really wish these towers were built stronger. We build longer hours. Believe it to a novice and be out of business. If Galactus sits on your office, we got this. We'll clean, control, clear them Faster than Jarvis on some super soldier serum From the Shiar Imperium to Yancey Street In no time, like Kang, we can't be beat Sandman debris, 